out, uh, had the fellow come from Greenville on Monday and picked up several cases of literature. He's going to a Cherokee Indian Reservation for the next month or two and giving out the literature. And then he's going to Fort Myers, Florida for the winter for a little while to give out other literature down there. And so I appreciate that. Thank God for the uh, stuff that's gone out. We've had several orders this week. Appreciate well, uh, first part of the week, which is uh, Monday, and so we'll be trying to get those out too. And I thank God for it. I do appreciate the literature. That's going to get go out down the road and up the road. And Amen. The hearts and lives of men and women. Take your Bible, please, and go into the book of Titus. I want to go into the book of Titus. Now, First Peter, First Timothy, Second Timothy, and the book of Titus are—I'll tell you—they're just linked together. They really are, and uh, they got a lot of stuff in them. But I want to look at this tonight. Uh, a lot of people do not have any hope. I'm seeing more people tonight that uh, seem like hopeless in senses of the things that I've never seen before. We've always had people that didn't have any hope. Now, the Bible says if you don't have any hope, you're most men miserable. So you, if you don't have no hope, I, I can help you to tell you who you can have and so forth. Some people have hope, but it's the wrong kind of hope. Got hope in the wrong things. We want to talk about that tonight. And dealing with people, I've seen a whole lot of it. There's three places in the book of Titus. That I want to point out tonight. I'm going to read these places and then I'll preach the message. The Bible said in Titus chapter 1 and verse number 2. Titus chapter 1 verse number 2. He said, in hope. There's that word, hope. And uh, you know, hope, hope is something that we hold to. If you don't have real hope in Christ, you don't have no real hope. And you don't have nothing to hold to. The world can turn upside down, and if you've got hope in Christ, you've got some help. And if you don't have hope in Christ, you don't have no hope, and you don't have no help. And so I look at this. See, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Now here's the first hope tonight. That you need to grasp a hold of, and I probably won't preach a whole lot on this, because I'll look at the other side of it for a, for a little while. He said, in hope of eternal life. There's a lot of people that tell you they've got eternal life, but they're afraid every day of their life that they're going to lose it. So they don't really have hope in eternal life. And so I'm glad tonight I know that I know that I know. I know that I'm going to live forever. Amen. Amen. I got on the start of this thing back years ago. And I'm glad, thank God, it's going to continue on. And uh, somebody, the more people worry about dying than they do living. And we ought to be more concerned about living than we are dying. If we've already got it settled in our heart and we've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, we shouldn't have any problem with it anyhow. We've already got that hope of eternal life. But it's amazing that I, I meet people and they'll say, well, I hope, amen, when I die, I'm going to heaven. And I meet church folks saying, 
Well, I hope I'm going to make it. I hope that I'm going to go to heaven. I hope that I'm going to make it in. But I want to tell you something. You don't have hope if that's what you're saying. We have a hope of eternal life. That means I know these things have I written unto you that you may know that you have what? Eternal life. And I'm telling you tonight, you need to have that hope. So that's the first one. We want to look at the second one. It's found in chapter 2 and verse number 13. Titus 2, 13. This is a, a good one too. And he says, looking for that blessed hope. Now it's a blessed hope. Thank God for that. And he says, and the glorious appearing of the great God in our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have hope of eternal life. Secondly, we have hope that he's coming soon. I talk to people too and they don't know. Uh, I sit with three fellas this morning for breakfast. And uh, one of them said uh, something about the second coming, the Lord's coming. And they said, well, you don't know that. And he said, oh yeah, they, he is. And I let them talk back and forth. And, and the other said, how do you know? And uh, he, this fellow give his surmise on it. Amen. And I said, and the other said, I know when he's coming. And I said, uh, I looked at, the, I'm listening to these fellas. And in a few minutes, uh, the other sitting beside me, he said, uh, you can't know that. And I'm listening. And he said, yeah, you can. I can tell you when he's coming. And the other said, well, you ain't supposed to be able to know that. That's what the Bible says. Now, he's a lost man. But he knows enough about the Bible, you know. Uh, to, he's heard a few things. And I said, well, I'll tell you when he's coming. I said, I hadn't spoke until then. I said, he's coming right on time. Amen. At the appointed hour, he won't be one second early. He won't be one second late. The Lord's always on time. He said, well, you don't know when that is. I said, no, nobody else does. But the Father, even Christ himself, don't know. And he said, he don't know? I said, no, the Father does. Amen. I'm following Bible protocol. Amen. So anyhow, I said, he is coming. So I'm looking for the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Now, the third one is mentioned in Titus chapter 3 and verse number 7. He said that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, this will go right along with the first one, hope of eternal life. But there's another little added thought. If you've got hope in eternal life, then you're going to be made heirs. I'm an heir with Jesus. Amen. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an heir, amen, with God and, and the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a joint heir with Him. Are you with me? Praise God. So I'm glad of that. I've got an inheritance I don't know about you, I've got an inheritance. I ain't, uh, you know, hoping I'm going to have one. I've already got the hope. I know I've got that assurance. Now, I'm not going to spend time on those things right now. But I want to look at the Word of God 
and uh, using that tonight, I want to give you some things that people have hope in. And the hope is in the wrong thing. You are meeting people every day of your life that's got hope in something. But it's hope in the wrong things most of, of the time. Amen. Now, if you don't have, uh, you know, if you've got hope in things that I'm going to be calling, on, uh, calling the name of tonight, your hope's not right either. There's not but one hope that you can have that's going to do the job, and that's hope in Jesus Christ and His shed blood, His death, His burial, and His resurrection, and His coming again. That is all you have to have hope that you can count on. That's all you can find. That's actually all you need. Amen. Somebody said, I'm trusting the Lord and. Trusting the Lord, but. I'm trusting the Lord with. Hey, no. It's the Lord, period. Right? Praise God. It's by grace through faith in the shed blood of Christ. Plus nothing, minus nothing. Amen. It's just by faith and the grace of God tonight. Now, I'm thinking about this, and these fellas uh, got on this little little uh, little hobby horse this morning. And I'm listening to them, and I said, a lot of people don't have any hope. If they do, they got the hope in the wrong thing. And I said, you know what? A lot of people are trusting, and I found this out for the last two years. Matter of fact, I've known it for years and years and years, but it's been more prominent and prevalent in the last two years. They're trusting politics. You'd be surprised at the people that are more concerned about the next election that we may not have. The next time a politician comes in, and they're looking for somebody to rise up on the scene, and come through and turn the country back around where it was at one time. They're looking for that. I'm looking for a politician, I hear them say. Amen. Some's looking for the Democrats, and uh, surely they don't have no hope at all. And uh, some's looking for the uh, Republicans, and many of them don't have no hope either. Amen. I'm not, a, I'm not into politics. Praise God for that. Amen. Somebody said, you know what a tick is, don't you? Poly means many ticks. Amen. And that's what we got. Politics. Amen. Many, many politics. And I'm not trusting. Somebody said, we need this. And now people are looking for another thing. There's people that are looking for, uh, for an antichrist. They really are. I talked to people. They said the antichrist is going to come on the scene and he's going to solve the problems. He's going to cause some problems. Amen. It's not going to be a solving of them. Amen. A lot of people are looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. Praise God. But they'll trust in politics. They're hoping it's somebody. I mean, people, just, just notice what I, well, in this year, and I praise, praise God for part of it. Amen. Some of it I didn't care too, far, too much for. And I'm going to enjoy the rest of the year. But there's going to be some of it I ain't going to like. Amen. And I don't like some of the things I see. I still believe America is the best place to live. Or I'd find me a one-way ticket and go somewhere else. And I believe uh, I've got enough in the the state of Georgia that would uh, donate enough just to get me out of here. Amen. Up and down the country. Amen. Are you with me? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not looking for politics. I'm not looking uh, for 
uh, somebody or a politician this morning or tonight that can get us out of the mess. And they're looking for this one world system. Uh, and I'm not talking about us Baptists here at the church. But we got politicians. They call themselves the elite. They call us nobodies. Amen. Deplorables. Uh, what is it? They, the, you know those uh, uh, heavy eaters. I don't know. They got something they call it about the eating. Uh, what is it? Anybody remember? No, not no. It's something about uh, useless eaters. We just eat. I mean, we just don't. We don't. We don't earn our money. Amen. And a fellow asked me yesterday, and it was kind of funny. He said, "You know, you can't get nobody to work." I said, "That's right. Why would you want to work when the government keep you up?" Amen. You just, the only ones that's working in these days are those who've been taught to work. That's all you got. The rest of them won't. But anyhow, we're looking at this today, and they're looking for somebody to come on the scene. Matter of fact, I heard a, a, a country, I can't remember what country it was. I heard one country just a few weeks ago, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, said what we need is somebody to come on the scene that's going to solve all the problems. That's what they're looking for. Countries are looking for that. But the elites up in Washington, they're looking for that. They done got their self in a mess and they know they're in a mess. Somebody asked me a while ago, said, what do you think Miss Pelosi went over to China for or went over to Taiwan for? To get them a war. They're all, they're all in to get in war. Now you may not agree with me tonight, but I believe they're all in trying to get a war. Because... That, that's going to be a cover-up. When they come out of the war, they can change over to what they want to change to. I never would believe that we'd be where we are today in a socialist uh, attitude. I thought, what, three or four, four or six years, several years ago, when uh, we had the fellow step out on the platform and said, I'm a democratic socialist. Amen. Run. He got almost... I mean, it, it, I thought he was going to win for a while. And everybody is hoping it. And I wouldn't have believed and thought that our, our children, I say children, I'm talking about our college students and the young generation that's coming along behind us who they've already trained. Guess what? They're sitting back there saying, hey, I like socialism. They've never lived under it. And we got so many foreigners in this country that have, and they've never lived under what we've got today. And they all they know is uh, socialism and and uh, communism. That's all they know. So they fall in with this stuff and get it going, and that's what makes it on hard on us. And it ain't going to be easy. I realize tonight it's not going to be easy, but it's because people don't have hope in Jesus Christ. They got hope in the politicians. There's a lot of people got hope in their possessions. We got people today thinks if you got a lot of things, what you own, and because they own so much, we got people in this county right now, they don't worry about their soul. They've got so much money, so much possessions, so much stuff. They got the high recognition of people, and they don't need God. Multitudes in our country are like that tonight. They have no hope in God. They got hope in their possessions. 
I can kind of give you this. It's amazing me. I run into a fella today at lunch. Him and his wife coming in, and they're getting up in years. And he's been a Baptist preacher for years and years. Been kind of a in. in I call him an intermediate, I guess. Uh, just from one side to the other. Well, actually, is right down the middle. Uh, right down the middle means you know you're straddling the fence. And uh, so he's walking in. And I said, hey, how you doing? I was fixing to walk out. And he, I said, I hadn't seen you in a while. He said, no. He said, boy, I'll tell you right now, it's getting tough, ain't it? I said, well, it's been tough for a long time. <laughs> it has. And he said, I'll tell you right now, you work all your life, get all the money you got, you put it up in the IRAs and everything. And he said, it takes a Philadelphia lawyer and three or four judges to get you money. And I looked at him, I said, I ain't never had that problem. I don't know nothing about that, but all right. They never had that problem. And I just live from day to day, month to month, and year to year, and amen. I just need enough to get me out of here anyhow. But you know what? He said, I, I tell you, said it's not good for a preacher to get mad, but he said, I've been angry this week. Said they told me that. Said for the last three weeks they told me they're gonna get my money. I'm gonna get my money. I'm gonna give. And looked at his wife. Said, "Well, why supposed to get her money? Going, I don't know what he's doing." Um, he said, "I wasn't getting it all out." And uh, so he said, uh, "They t- put me out." And said, "I'm saying, okay, I'm gonna give you a couple more days to get it out here. And if you don't get it out here, I'm moving every bit of it." And I mean. Well, that's just possess- And I thought, well, you're a Baptist preacher. You should have some hope in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. You said, what kind of hope he raised? He had raised. Well, you know what? He could have spent that on missions. Already had. And wouldn't have no trouble. Amen. Now you said, preacher. Yeah. You got IRAs and, about, uh, and you got one foot in the grave. And you ain't got no kids. Somebody's going to take it from you when you're gone. Amen. Find you a missionary and... Amen. Pay them off. Right. I'm not talking about, you know, just... I'm saying, put it, invest it in the work of God. That's laying up treasures on the other side. Praise God. I guarantee if I had a bunch of money, I'd do it. Amen. Boys, y'all didn't hear that. I'm telling you, I put it in the work of God. Amen. I'm not concerned about what you get. I'm concerned about what I'm going to do with what God's entrusted me with. That's Bible. Well, they got possessions. I mean, they think they're doing good. They're proud of their cars they drive. They're proud of their houses they live in. They're proud of their suits they wear. They're proud of what they bought. Uh, ladies will buy things for the house. Oh, look at that. All that is vain and temporal. Amen. You said, preacher, I love all that. I know you do. But don't get to, if you're not careful, you'll get to thinking that's where your hope is. You say, oh, not me. Amen. You probably didn't give it a little thought and went too far with it. Amen. Anyhow, right? And prove that to you a little bit. As long as you got a, 
got a dollar and you spend it, you go buy something else you don't need. <laughs> Amen. Tendency, the tendency of human flesh is just to buy things that you don't want to impress somebody. Amen. You don't even like them, but you want to impress them. You have no intention of using it. You just want to show them you can buy it. Well, quit meddling and go on. Possessions. Hope and possessions. Not only that, but we got hope sometimes in people. Amen, we do. We have hope in people. There's a lot of people that you probably think highly of and you respect them. You should respect people that's in, in places of respect. But don't ever get the place that you respect people so much uh, that they become in between you and God to the place that uh, you put hope in. Somebody said, I'm putting my hope in the president. I'm putting my hope in the governor. I'm putting my hope in my grandpa. I'm putting my hope in the church. God's against all that. Amen. You can't trust human flesh. Amen. I've trusted myself a few times and let myself down. Have you ever done that? Amen. I've done it. Amen. I, I know that, that don't go good, but there's other people got hope and pleasures. You know, one of the things right now, and I've seen it increasing year after year, and we got more people now that's more, they're crazy about vacations. They take a job. Oh, whew, I'm glad I done been there 10 years. I get three weeks now. I get four weeks now. Oh, I done got there so long I get five, got five, that's a benefit, five weeks of vacation. And you're spending several weeks trying to figure out what you're going to do with them five weeks. Amen. Well, let me ask you this. How many has ever had a vacation? Now, sometimes it's, things happen. But how many has ever had a vacation? And when you come back off the vacation, you is very more advanced in the world than you were. How many of you have been to the vacation and come back and you had less in your pocket than you did when you left? They come in here sometimes. They say, I've been on vacation all week. You know what? I, some of you don't will remember when I say this. And I'll, I use it on everybody, and I sometimes don't think of it. But sometimes I look and I say, how much is your used-up vacation worth now? They just look at me. That I don't think you understand what I'm saying. But a used-up vacation ain't worth anything. Praise God. Is it? <laughs> you can't buy groceries with used up vacation. That's right. Now, you, I, how many of you have been on vacation is glad to get home so you could rest? What was the vacation for? Right? Amen. Well, I'm just saying, people look like pleasure. They like to go do this and play. It looks pleasure-minded people. It's a pleasure-minded world. Everybody's looking for something just to please them, touch them, help them, strengthen them, encourage them. But they're not looking for God. God's the only one that can really do that for you. 
all these things. All right. I appreciate it. You know what? Some people got their hope in the, in the preacher. Amen. I mean, they, some people believe the Pope's going to get them through everything. <laughs> Amen. Uh, other denominations, Baptist preachers even. You can't put your hope in a preacher. Amen. You can't do it because he'll let you down. I've never seen a preacher yet. I've seen some good ones. I know some good ones. I've I had some good friends in it. Amen. I've got some good friends now that's preachers. But you know what? I don't have my hope in my preacher. Amen. Or yours or anybody else's. Are you with me? We are seeing that all the time. I want you to take your Bible and go to the book of 1 Timothy. I want to back up and look at these in 1 Timothy. And 1 Timothy chapter number 1. Uh, I love the book of 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and Titus. Amen. And all the other books of the Bible. I love it. But 1 Timothy chapter 1, and notice what it says in the first verse. I love what Paul is saying. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, comma, he had some more up before there too, and here's what Paul said, which is our hope. Now, I like this tonight. He didn't say, which is my hope. He could have. Because he was Paul's hope. But when I look at you as a church and I say it tonight, I'm like Paul. I'm saying tonight, in the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. It's not just my hope, it's yours too. Ain't that a blessing? Praise God. Somebody said, that went over my head, I didn't catch that. I'm praying for you. <laughs> Amen. Well, we'll go a little bit further. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians. Now when you get to the Thessalonians, they're always dealing with the second coming. But I want to pull a verse of Scripture out of 2 Thessalonians tonight. And it says in chapter 2 of, uh, uh, would I say first? Second one's what I want to go. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 16. The Bible said this, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation, and good hope through grace. If you've got uh, hope in Christ, you've got good hope. If you don't have hope in Jesus Christ, you've got bad hope. Now, bad hope is not what you want, is it? I hope you can say, Preacher, i got the good hope. I do hope that tonight. Now, I want to slide over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians and let's look at chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 in verse 13. Paul is giving this about the second coming. And he's giving this about the rapture and the Lord coming after the people. 
And in verse 13, chapter uh, 2, I mean chapter 4 and verse 13, he says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Do you know there's a lot of people been buried in the last little while, of course they've been buried for ages, but I'm talking about the last little while, that people have walked to the grave and buried them and walked away from the grave with no hope. And if you've got a loved one tonight and they're saved by the grace of God, that won't happen to you if you've got the Lord. If you're lost, you could bury one of your spouses, your family, or not one of your spouses, but, but your spouse, okay? Amen. If I tell you you got spouses, it makes me think about what the fellow said to me this morning. He called a preacher's name. And he said, boy, I'll tell you what, he didn't really preach. I said, well, you may think so, but he's got four living wives. I don't see how I he does. He said, Really? I said, yeah, i got four wives. And the fellow sitting beside me don't know them. He said, he sure has. He said, I didn't know that. Amen. But if you got a spouse and you take him or her to the cemetery and you knew that they are saved by the grace of God and you know that, you can walk away from that place if you're saved with some hope. I buried some of my loved ones down through the years. And when I walked away from the cemetery, I didn't have any hope. I didn't know whether they were saved or not. Some of them I had no question. Some of them left a testimony. Some of them left a, a witness in, my, in, in their heart and left it with me. And I could say, thank God they're on the other side. According to their testimony, they're born again. Some I had question marks about. I got a little old dear grandmother on my mother's side. She is such a sweet little old lady. About the only thing I knowed that she done wrong was dip snuff. She did that. You said, well, she went to hell for dipping snuff. I can't find that in the Bible, but I think she's got her act together now. You with me? And we, you know, I knew she went to heaven. Now my grandfather on the same side, her husband, I left the cemetery without any hope on him. He All he ever done was bootlegged. Sold liquor and stayed drunk. Spent his whole life. Wouldn't go to the church, cuss the preacher, cuss the church. And you can walk away from the cemetery with no hope. So I buried people in the church. I buried people in the church. Some of them had left a testimony. We had a fellow that was 35 years old in the church. And he got up one morning and went to the faucet and turned on the faucet and got him a cup of Water turned it up, 36 years old, and fell over backwards. And had a heart attack right there. He had a testimony. Preached his funeral. I had hope with him. 
I'll see him again. I say, Joe, I'll see you again. I've had others that I've preached and I didn't have no hope and didn't know where I had any hope or not. I was just in the middle. I don't know where they went. I can name two places of possibilities. One of them is not purgatory. One of them is hell and the other is heaven. And you don't know. Some of you have buried your loved ones and family members down through the years and you didn't know where they went. You hoped, you hoped they went to heaven. But you didn't come out of there with hope in your heart that they did. I've preached a few funerals of church folks that was faithful to the house of God. They shouted, they praised God, they lived for God, they clean. And you can even feel the witness when you preach the funeral that they were right with God. You come home saying, I believe they're in glory. There's a lot of them I believe I'll see again. Some of them I'm not sure I'll see again. And some of them I know I'll not see again. But I'm glad today I've got hope. And I appreciate that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8 says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. I've got that hope of salvation. Amen. I want to try to live a life in front of everybody I come in contact with. Everybody I preach to and witness to and even just cross paths with. I want, to, I want it to be that when I die, you don't have to wonder where I went. I want you to know that. Amen. I stumble, I falter, I fail. I wobble on the axle. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect. But I've got a perfect Savior, and I've got a perfect book, and I've got a perfect Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God dwelling in me. And I've got a perfect Savior, and I want to try to walk according to what they do and how they abide in me. But I don't want my family members to walk around and say, I wonder if he made it. I read obituaries. I look at uh, now Habersham all the time in obituaries. I usually tell somebody, I'm looking to see if I'm there. If I am, I, you know, change thoughts of what I'm going to do that day. But if I'm not there, I'll get up and go on. But I just say that for a joke. But actually, when I read them, some people I've known. Some people I've had dealings with. Some people I know their lifestyle. Some people I don't know. I don't know where they went. And some I wonder, since I've met them, did they go to heaven or hell? And likewise, I said a while ago, some, I believe, went straight to hell. And some, unless they got in the life's breath, I don't, I'm, not too, I'm not one to believe too much in deathbed repentance. I wouldn't want to run my life to the last day, draw my last breath and get saved. 
Amen. Or trust to get saved. I'm glad I'm already there. I've got my peace called election made sure tonight. God has done that. I don't know why I'm preaching on this subject tonight. Evidently somebody might need it. Some folks hold a prestige and popularity. And that's what they got their hope in. Who I am. I got money. I can buy anything I want. I got things. I can enjoy anything I've got. But I'm glad this morning or tonight. My hope is in Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. Have nothing. I will have hope in nothing else. I got a good family. I appreciate my family. But my hope is not in my family. I got a good church and a good a group of church people. And I thank God for you every day. I really do. Sometimes preaching you wouldn't believe that. But I do. I love you. That's why I tell you the truth. I want you to know. Amen. I, my daddy always told me the truth. And I've always tried to tell my kids the truth. I've always tried to tell the church I pastored the truth. The truth don't fit good sometimes. Amen. Some, uh, I was sitting at the table Friday, uh, Sunday. And uh, I was just sitting there. And old Troy was sitting over at the other table. Right at the end of the other side of me. Right there at the table. And he got that fork. And he said. I said. Well, you, he is stabbing the green beans. <laughs> Y'all remember me saying something like that in the message? Y'all probably stabbed the green beans for me in my name today. I thought of that. Amen. I was sitting over at the restaurant the other day and talking to one of them fellas I used to talk to and he walked in and he said, you better watch him. That's what my son said to that fellow, you better watch him. And what was it you said? Said, you, got, you better watch him. He'll, yeah, he'll enlighten you or frighten you. And I thought, I didn't mean to leave that to him. Amen. But uh, he done got that picked out. But I'm trying to say to you tonight, I've got hope in him. And that's all I need. Glory to God. Amen. Heads bowed. We won't have an invitation. You just sit there where you are with your heads bowed for a moment. I pray tonight that God will help you, touch you, strengthen you, encourage you. I want to tell you I love you tonight. And I'm glad my hope is in more than this world. My hope is in nothing less than Jesus' blood than His righteousness. You remember that song? Thank God I'm glad tonight I put my trust in Him many years ago. He's never let me down. I don't believe anybody in this building can say He has let you down. Never has He let me down. But can I believe today everybody in this building can say, I've let Him down. I fail God. And I want to take that up with God and let Him deal with me. And I want to deal with Him. I pray God's will might be done in my heart and life and yours as well. I just appreciate you listening. And I pray God... Make sure, and I just use this tonight to try to get everything correct and straightened out. I wouldn't want you to die without God. I pray God touches your heart. If you had not already, I pray will. 
If he has already, I'm, I'm glad to know that he's going to keep you. And I praise God for it. Amen. Amen tonight. We'll be at, at liberty to go as soon as he gets the offering.